1: Dead Rock Stars, with Mick Wall and Joel McIver. Alright everyone, yes, here we are again for another amazing episode of Dead Rock Stars, frankly the best, uh, I think, rock music podcast that's ever been recorded. Mick, do you agree with that claim? On, on Dead Rock Stars, definitely, mm, yeah. Okay, okay. Alright, good. Well, <laughs> Can I just interrupt you, leak? This year has not truth the <laughs> my leak. I've been singing with Angus again. We've been talking about Akadaka here. And uh, how much we're looking forward to the reunion of the classic lineup, less the ones that aren't there anymore? Well, you know, not really the classic lineup, the lineup that replaced the classic lineup. Yeah, a slightly less classic one. Fuck up fuck off absolute fuck that guy. Do you know what I still laugh at to this day, even though it's months and months since we recorded the AC one? Was your rendition of Jono singing that song he was he did with Geordie? Which was called something like you can't do that. You can't
2: do that You can not do
1: that I c I don't even uh, know how that goes. I have listened back to that about twenty times have and I you? crack up whenever I get to that point. Oh, I must listen to that oh, one. Oh no, day. it's amazing. Yeah. It's mm. absolutely amazing. All right, cool. Uh, so we're talking today. No, 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 no. All right. Well, who who was the founder of the glam rock movement, Mick? Well, this is a very divisive and controversial subject. Yes. But I think
2: uh, many many would plump for Good good full pun intent. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Mark Bolan. Mark Bolan. Yeah. Born Mark Feld in nineteen forty seven.
2: If you say so. I do,
1: because I just checked. Because you just got your Google goggles on. Shuffled off this mortal coil, uh, might before his 30th birthday, in other words, in 1977. I was perusing his history before we met today, and I noticed that one of the last things he did as a professional musician was take the damned out as the support act. Yeah, I saw that tour. Did you see it? I did. So, as I was reading this, I thought, God, I wonder what punk audiences must have thought. I mean, well, well, so they they tell me. They yeah, weren't
2: what? punk audiences. They were Mark Bolan audiences. Right. And the thing you have to remember about The Damned is particularly in the early days, yeah. I suppose same now, but particularly back then, they were more sort of Alice Cooper than kind of, Sex Pistols. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because they had Dave Vanian dressed as a vampire. Yeah, goth. Captain Sensible on base, dressed yeah. as who knows what, but yeah, somebody not yeah. sensible. yeah. Brian James doing a kind of a poor man's Keith Richards. Yeah. And on drums, Rat Scabies, yeah, right, right, right. who even Led Zeppelin looked at, you know, after Bonham died. That I did not know. Oh, Jimmy was a huge damned fan. Yeah. But I was also a huge damned fan because they weren't the fucking clash. Right, right. Yeah, for the kids, yeah, middle class. Uh, what was it? Sten guns in Knightsbridge. Oh, yeah, fuck, yeah. Sten guns up my posh middle class <laughs> ass. Up oh, me ring. And the damned weren't that. They weren't earnest. They were very theatrical and yeah, yeah, yeah. fun.
1: They were fun. So they fitted in with Boland's glam antics.
2: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I think the audience tolerated them. And, you know, it's a support
1: band. You, uh, people yeah, right. will tolerate a support band. It doesn't mean they'll buy their records or ever see them again. And the key question from my point of view is at the age of 29, was he firing on all cylinders or was he looking good? Was he delivering the tunes or was it all a bit? Uh... He, mm, he wasn't looking good.
2: You know, he'd already put on a fair bit of weight. Mm. But, you know, with, with concerts, it's a very forgiving environment if you're a fan. So if you saw him on his TV show...
1: Oh, Mark. Uh, Mark. Granada. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That, that was Thames. Yeah, I know, I just like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just that was Thames. Yeah. <laughs> Granada was from up north. How did it go? What did Granada do, Ian? Go on, in, tell us. In, like. in, go on, mate. Go on, you can remember. Oh, catch, what catch. did it do, Really? <laughs> What was the Granada identity? I don't know, a lot of smoke coming out of chimneys or something oh, like that, right? <laughs> Yeah, but Right, anyone who knows, put it
2: on the Facebook yeah. page
1: and you'll get a broad smile so, of recognition. So if you were watching Mark Mark,
2: you know, he he looked pretty terrible. <laughs> but on stage, you know, it's a concert. You may have had a very small sherry or yeah. a perfumed cigarette, you know. <laughs> and uh, or perhaps a very small blue pill you know which didn't mean then what they mean now although you could have done that as well many probably did you know and would still but (laughs) um no they were great i mean come on 20th century (laughs) yeah and those tremendous (laughs) lyrics you know he did have great lyrics i remember um oh i can't remember what it's called i remember that i can't yeah well how did that go jeepster yeah uh, go on, uh, just a
1: Jeepster for your love. No, but the lyrics. That well, that was the lyrics I was singing.
2: Oh, you're a you're a, <laughs> you're a vampire
1: for your love, or
2: worse. Yeah, yeah. You're built just like a car. No, that's
1: get it on. You're thinking. Of. Yeah, go on then. How does that go? Now yeah, the lyrics. I'm like, I'm not singing the music. I'm not going. Yes, you <laughs> are. Go on. <laughs> did-dly, did-dly. I don't remember anything going. Yeah, I I remember it. it's Because I used to Did. sing it in a band oh, when Mark, I was a teenager. Oh Mark, you do get it on, yeah. are built like a car. You got a hubcap, diamond star, halo. There you go. All right. You built like a car. You, you got a hubcap, uh, diamond star, diamond star halo. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, Oasis ripped that off. They Cigar- ripped everything
2: off.
1: They ripped everything off. Hey, Liam, Bing. fuck you, man. So we've established that at the age of 29, perhaps he wasn't firing on the same No, no, does no. I mean, I, mean, compare, I mean, on yeah. a serious note, compared to Bowie, yeah. who was, you know, came, of off,
2: nature. came after Bowlen. I mean, yeah. very much. What, he chased him? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you know, in, in All the Young Dudes that hit the summer of 72 for "What the Hoople, which Bowie wrote, you know, yeah, there's yeah. a great line, at uh, I need TV when I got T-Rex. Oh, brother, you guessed. I'm a dude now. You know? And then, six months later, when he released the Gene Genie, I was 14 years old. Uh, The first two singles I ever bought were Solid Gold Easy Action by T-Rex and the Gene Genie by David Bowie on the (laughs) same (laughs) righteous day. (laughs) 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 Imagine doing that today. Well, because we didn't have lyric sheets and no Google or anything like that, we had to discern the lyrics. And we were all convinced, me and my glitterati mates, mm-hmm. that Bowie and, and Bolan were rivals, and the, that bit where it goes, "and um, can't drive his module," don't poor Jean Genie can't mm-hmm. drive his module. Mm-hmm. We thought he was singing cab driving, Mark Bolan, <laughs> like on. like a put down, yeah, like Bolan's yeah. finished; yeah. he's going to be driving a cab. But on the Ziggy tour, when Bowie used to sing Lady Stardust, they used to project the image of Boland's face on a screen behind the stage. Uh, So there was a real... The relationship went right back to the mid-60s when they had the same manager. Well, they had a company painting off his walls, didn't they? (laughs) They did the manager's walls, whitewashing (laughs) the walls, yeah. Did you see that TV spoof on it recently? No, no. Oh, it was very good. The guy who played Bowie was uh, was that was what? You, did, did you see that, Ian? That series where they were t- taking um, real life episodes, yeah. like the time Bob Dylan came to Britain, right, and, right. You know, and and this was about how Bowie Chagnar- and Bolan were. That wasn't the episode, no, oh. but you know, perhaps a future episode. <laughs> and this famous episode where Bowie and Bolan, managed by the same guy. He brings them in, because they're hopeless nobodies, they can't get arrested, to whitewash his walls. And that's a true story that Bowie used to tell. But, of course, Bowie was six foot, nearly six foot. Bolan was, like, five foot. Oh, right. But in the episode they showed on TV, the guy who played Bowie was really good. He looked like a very young Bowie. But the guy who played Bolan was that really tall... (laughs) Jack Whitehall played Mark Bolan. So in the recreation... Bolan's up here and Bowie's up to his shoulder and you're going, fucking get that right, surely to
1: fuck, you know? You can hear the nation going, surely to fuck. Did you say a moment ago that Bolan came before Bowie when it came to matters at Glamorous? Mm. Interesting. Oh, by a long way. I mean, Bowie
2: was um, still trying to figure out how best to become a success. You know, he'd had a novelty hit in Space Oddity in, yeah, like, right. August 69. Yeah, yeah, And Mark, at that point, was the singer of Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, the
1: duo with uh, Steve Peregrine. Steve Peregrine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Was he the one who played the Congas, or was that yeah. the other guy? Mickey? Yeah, he played the Congas and Shag Babes. That's all he ever did. Doesn't uh, sound like a bad job. No, that's quite... Uh, yeah. I, that's I, jobs I, go. I've applied for jobs <laughs> like that, but never actually got one. I'm still trying. And, um... <laughs> Beloved by John Peel, yeah right, Bowie was seen as a bit of a he had the one hit, you know it was a bit like pinball, you know I probably don't remember that, but it was a bit like you know one off hit, and pinball the game, no it was a song in the Bowie. I can't. There you go. You see, you can't fucking remember. It was a big hit, and then you never heard of the guy again. And all these years later, you don't even you don't even know the
1: guy. Fuck. Fuck that.
2: (laughs) But Bolan was seen as up and coming. Yeah, he was on Peel all the time, and then Bolan made the like Dylan going electric. Yeah, right. Shortened it to T Rex. Started rocking out and making hits. John Peel dropped him like a stone. Yeah. But Bolan's first hits, "Ride a White Swan," "Yeah, Get It On," all these things went to number one. And You're talking 1970. Uh, Hot love was a big one love.
1: Up, up front, wasn't it? It won yeah. to first. But that's, I
2: love that song. that's 71. All right. know, his big hits are 70, 71. By the time you get to 72, where Bowie has a hit, finally, with "Starman" in the summer. Yeah, Bolan, he's actually begun beginning of a decline you know in terms of charts
1: as usual we're approaching this backwards and it's largely my fault because i introduced the subject but say he had lived till this point would we have seen him diverge from bowie completely and just go down to nothing like a failed guy in the 80s i think he was already a failed guy because i mean he he
2: was produced by tony Visconti long before bowie was yeah you know bowie kind of stole mark's robes in 72 wow if you go on to YouTube and look at Bolan and T-Rex in seventy seventy one, this is when Bowie still has long blonde hair and is singing songs to Bob Dylan on Rocky Dory, you know. See, I've actually meant a lot about this. Well, the whole Ziggy Stardust Mm -hmm. was kind of Mark Bolan, T-Rexy, Iggy, Lou. But Bowie Mm. killed off Ziggy a year, just one year after the album was released, he kills off Ziggy with the farewell show at the Hammersmith Odeon. Mm. Bolan is kind of in ever-decreasing circles, still doing the same thing, same thing, same thing. But, of course, Mm -hmm. by now he's out of his brain on coke and songs aren't coming like they used to. Mm -hmm. He's absolutely ploughing the same furrow to the point where, by 74, Visconti is no longer wanting to work with him. Meanwhile, Bowie's gone on to Diamond Dogs and then biggest change of all Young Americans in Mm -hmm. 75. Mm -hmm. So bolan has been left way behind way behind but 77 with punk was sort of a comeback because well that you're right had he lived longer do you think that comeback would have been a success or? depends on the songs i mean well, these does, days anybody that ever had a hit can get a gig <laughs> you know we've got the 80s road shows with heaven 17 oh, all that heaven one hit 17 mm, and ultravox boy george I, you, you must still remember me surely all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, of course, Bolan would still be around. So Should still do bleeding gigs, you know? He'd have been playing somewhere and making a nice living, but would he be Bowie?
1: No. Right.
2: He wasn't Bowie even when he was alive.
1: The term creative capital was uh, <clears throat> introduced to me a few years ago by a member of the industry who said that bands, in fact, anyone, Who's a creative is uh, blessed or born with a certain amount of creative capital, right? It's so what bands run out of. They all do. We all do. Everyone does. At no, some I point. don't. No, maybe not you, but not everyone me. else. No, yeah, 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 you're, possibly the, you're you. the Bowie. Seen, now I yeah. see
2: you very Bolan-esque in that regard.
1: I, I am quite like Mark Bolan in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll list, I've often said I'll to myself, ways.
2: I've often gone, Mark. I mean, Joel. Joel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Especially now you've lost a lot of weight. Oh yeah, I'm barely visible. If I stand sideways, you wouldn't see me. No. That's what my wife says. That's right. Bro. Creative <laughs> capital is what deserts us, and we, uh, they, as musicians, start writing shit music. I so, think
2: musicians definitely. I think writers yeah, right, yeah. get more powerful. Often. Oh, I like that. Yeah, different musicians they're fucked after 25, but writers don't even get going till they're at least <laughs> 31,
1: 50. So the point I'm trying to make is that he did, in fact, have an incredibly transcendent period, right? He knocked out all these killer singles one absolutely, by one. Absolutely, absolutely. And then nothing really after that, and that was it. The drugs got him, the weight got him, the car got him. In fairness to him, if I was an artist... If I was a carpenter...
2: <laughs> and I'd written one of his songs. Telegram, Sam. For me, Children of the Revolution. But you see, we can just... There's loads there's of I mean, let's just go right now. Ride a White Swan, Hot Love.
1: Yeah. Jeepster.
2: Telegram Sam. Telegram Sam. Metal Guru. Metal Guru. Get it on. Yeah. 20th Century Boy. 20th Century Boy. Solid Gold Easy
1: Action. Yep. And many others. Well, that's that's
2: eight. Children of the Revolution. Did we mention that? Phil Collins ripped off those drums for In the A tonight, you know. Did he? I'm saying he did. There we go. they They were really yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, synthetic yeah. sounding, but fantastic. Gated,
1: maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Whatever yeah, that yeah, is. Definitely. Well, yeah. it's when you. It's actually. No, don't tell. Get <laughs> don't fucking it's tell when you it. get rid of the reverb, so it goes. And then it stops. It's a very 80s sound. Whereas opposed to letting the, the drum ring out and go. You get rid of all the, the tail of it. Can you, can you see the tumbleweed now, going through the studio? So he was born Mark Feld. Yeah, in 1947. Nice Jewish Jewish lad. He was in a band I've just found out at school with Helen Shapiro. Did you know that? I didn't know that. The shrieking female singer. Back
2: to happiness. Right, her. Except you've got to say it in a really full-throated
1: way. You know, she was the the death metal singer of her generation. Helen Shapiro. Hell of a pair of lungs on her. No, she was a belter, wasn't she? She probably gave it loads. In her later career, not at this point. I think
2: Mark was very. If Mark you think failed. of Mark, the <laughs> umpa, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a whole T
1: Rex U right there, isn't it? <laughs> yes, there is. Umpa, oh is it a t-rex? yeah, yeah. A T Rex Uv He was in a band with Heneage Pirate at school. Am I right in saying that one of his first bands was John's Children, right? Which was a sort of uh, yeah. Oh, oh wait, hang on. he was uh, considered for inclusion in the Yardbirds. I read somewhere. I didn't know that either until I read it in preparation Well, listen, if you it, it, I'm sure Wikipedia is never wrong. But instead they whacked him into John's children because it was Simon Nepibel the, the, oh, the manager who the, looked uh, after all that lot. Yeah, manager. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Nick's just made a certain gesture. So, yes, uh, yes he defined. was the Svengali who the uh, personal, picked
2: up... personal pop impresario. That's right, yeah. yeah as yeah. they called them in the 60s.
1: And uh, I can't quite imagine Bolin in the, the Yardbirds, but there you have it. Maybe he would have been Robert Plant in Led Zeppelin, who knows, later on. I'm Is that a very, step too far? I'm Very fucking the Top hat glitter on his face. <laughs>
2: but, uh, That's it, yeah, yeah.
1: There's an amusing <laughs> impression of Bolin by none other than David Bowie, recorded oh, yeah. in the studio uh, in the 80s. Larry the Lamb. You know, Absolute Beginners, the Bowie song. Yeah there's a version that, that you can hear it on YouTube uh, when he was recording the vocals for that song in the studio he was pissing around and doing various amusing impressions of people he, he did iggy he did bolan he, <laughs> he does want a bolan it's, yeah. it's quite it's quite ah. it's not actually that affectionate it's quite quite brutal you know yeah. it does rip into him but, yeah. but there one has it exactly. okay cool success came what when he uh, when turned it, into a hippie and formed well, Tyrannosaurus uh, sort works?
2: of sort of you know that kind of everybody wants to shag me a girls and boys both and be my friend was he, can, he was a straight man, as well. As no, you go. no. Do you think he uh, he batted for the other side as well? To be honest, Joel, in the '60s, if you were a pretty boy singer, mm. lots of them did modelling. Uh, lots of them had gay managers.
1: Yeah, that was um, a prevalent. We've already thing. mentioned a
2: couple. Gay management. But no, he was known as a as a face around town. He was mm. a mod. Mm. I mean, I had a friend who worked for Apple in those days. Mm. And he said, "Yeah, he had to sleep with with people to get the job, and mm. it was just it, the music business in London was pretty much all gay, gay middle aged men,
1: and the casting couch was a bit, employed, a bit like now way. with
2: the X Factor, you know, a lot of gay middle aged men right, yeah, yeah, feasting
1: yeah. on pretty boy singers. God. No idea about it. This is a reality, anyway." Um okay, so well uh, what did you think of the the him plus Steve Perrigan took on a debba so that was another
2: hit yeah, yeah. that they re yeah, released one, after right. he became famous. Did you like the stuff? No, nah, it was rubbish. Complete rubbish. I loved the titles, one album. I mean that's another thing, you know, yeah. the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Yeah, yeah you'll have to google here but he had albums like something like she wore a brilliant cloak and had eagles in her hair yeah, and it was okay. a friday and it was fish it's, you know. Know. <laughs> yeah. it's a
1: touch self-indulgent all this
2: no, they're re- honestly really long massive great ones yeah. but fantastic for the time yeah, you know yeah, yeah. i wore my hair long and wore eagles in my cloak and my claws were made of diamond pygmy eyes it's beautiful it's, it's
1: beautiful
0: dead rock stars Memento Mori from Memento's Mortals.
1: When did he get big, big? When, when did he smash through? Explode onto the scene? With Boland, hot love? Bo- no, no. Boland first exploded, exploded onto the
2: scene. <laughs> exploded onto
1: the scene. We have to get a t shirt <laughs> made. Exploded onto the scene. <laughs> with Rider White Swan. Which was Hoenn? I think 70. 1970. So well ahead of Bowie and We're going to get Facebook. So. Who, I think you'll find it was January 1971. Fuck that guy! There's a bloke called Stephen Bove who comments on our Facebook stuff religiously and regularly. I'd like to thank him for yeah. his attention. Yeah, I would. No, I'd leave Steve alone. He's all right. No, I, like oh, I, said, I said thank him.
2: Yeah, no, he's yeah. a cool guy. There's another one who always writes in about, hmm. you know, you didn't mention the final three albums. What's his name? Name him. I can't remember his name. I don't read the name. Well, you know who we're talking I, about, buddy. Yeah, I just think, oh, fuck off. No, you don't. You think, thank you for your attention. I welcome it. I think, <coughs> no one gives a fuck about those albums anyway. Yeah. So fuck
1: that guy. guy. Thanks anyway, mate.
2: So, but Rhoda White Swan. Yeah. He really did explode onto the scene with that song because <laughs> it was the same as, say, when Nirvana released Smells Like Team Spirit or... Um, Britney
1: Spears, hit me one more time. Absolutely.
2: There you go. It was, was it, like that. It, was it, um, it Sweet Like the, Chocolate by it, Shanks it, it and Bigfoot. <laughs> it did. It changed the course of music. It <laughs> changed the face of music.
1: How does Ride a White Swan go? Ride a White Swan, like <sighs> the people in the. Oh, music. yeah, that one right. <barriersaso Mammaesefasiokate> it's a nice song, isn't it? It's not challenging, particularly, is it? But the
2: guitar is what makes it. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> And the layers of backing
2: vocals
1: on a <laughs> very nice. Was that Visconti produced it then? I
2: don't know if Visconti produced He's that one. He's a splendid one. man. But that incredible sound they had with the strings and yeah, the it was, heavy... it was lush. That was all Visconti, yeah. It's a wonderful sound. And actually, it hasn't really dated. No, and, and the thing was, boland you know, even in the day, had the Mickey taken out of him being such a poor guitarist... Had the Mickey taken
1: out of <laughs> Sorry. Pray continue.
2: <laughs> well, Mickey was in there, I suspect, a fair bit. So had to be taken out at some point before they went on stage. Yeah. But, um, no, he wasn't. you know, he was a really kind of average guitarist. And he just took everything from Chuck Berry. Literally everything. But none of that matters. I remember, God bless him, a dear friend of mine, Luke Morley from Thunder. Oh,
1: he's a lovely man. He's
2: a lovely man. Lovely, lovely man. No, seriously, he's absolutely one of my favourite... I don't like musicians, but I love Luke. There must be some musicians you like. Luke. Any more?
1: Just Luke. What about um, Gisabella?
2: has gonna cry pride! He watching the lyrics. You, no, I, I all right, if I geezer, said
1: that, we'd get some geezer.
2: Geezer like, I love. All right, but to get back to the point, we are in a meeting once and I was doing PR. For
1: well, some, with Luke Morley, all right, yeah. For yeah,
2: Thunder, mm-hmm, you know, many years ago when they were popular. And
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> they, they're more popular now than ever. Do you remember what you said about Luke in the book I wrote? You said he had sex with more women than any rock star you'd ever encountered, including John Bon Jovi. Luke Morley saw more ass mm. than a toilet seat.
2: God. I'll say that right now but we're in a meeting in about ninety five, ninety six, 96 and we're talking about something and Oasis popped into the conversation because that was their moment yeah, and I yeah. remember Luke saying "No Gallagher because he's not really that good a guitarist yeah. which is absolutely right he's not a technical guitar player for sure but misses the point it completely does because no one was buying those records for the guitar, they were yeah. buying them for the song, The
1: tapped solos, yeah, yeah.
2: So when I was 12 or 13 years old, yeah. I didn't know the difference between Jimi Hendrix and Mark Boland. I just knew get it on, deep, deep. bang a gun, yeah. get, get it on. on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you'd Mm. watch them on top of the pops. They just had the sexiest girls in the world, you know, dancing to them. Oh, yes. They were really sexy music. That's Mm. the thing about T Rex. Sultry. I think raw sex. Mm. That's what I think. Mm. I mean, more than any group I'd known up to that point, more certainly than Bowie, I think
1: pure, pure sex. Okay, mate, no, you've made that point abundantly. I mean, like (laughs) hard penis and wet pussy sex. Literally in and out with body fluids. That really hard. Rough. Yeah, and soft. <laughs> well, the one does follow the other. Um, so, Bolan had a, well, what the hell can we say? I mean, fucking out here, had this amazing burst of creativity that lasted, what, uh, three, four years? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, in terms of hits, four years? Did the Smack game? I don't know about that. I mean, I think probably everything combined because those were the days, you know, when yeah, right. it wasn't that you went to a party and they no oh, we've only got cocaine, you know, it was, it was smorgasbord
1: of mm. dreadful ideas, mm. you know. <laughs> uh, but Coke, definitely, he was an enthusiastic Coke user.
2: Yeah, because he was, uh, don't forget, he was Mark Bolan at a time when, you know, I'm Mark Bolan, you're not. It's I mean, not healthy
1: to adopt these stage persona, you know, that's why Bowie got rid
2: of Ziggy. It's bad for you. It messes your brain up. So you mean Bowie didn't descend into cocaine hell
1: after Ziggy? Well, he, he gave it a good go. <laughs> he certainly he did. He did it under his own name. <laughs>
0: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dead Rock stars with Mick Wall
1: and Joel McIver. I'm assuming you never met this dude. He was way before you were working in the industry. Or am I wrong?
2: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, we overlapped in the sense yeah, that I was been. already writing for Sounds when I went to see that tour.
1: 77 was when you began as a yeah, writer?
2: First review, October 77. Yeah. And that tour, I think, was... November Christmas time that
1: year, I can't remember. Yeah. Well, he died in '77 at some point, so uh, mm. uh, can't, I can't die. Oh, the day, no, the so
2: you're right, aren't you? Oh. Wasn't it September '77? Yeah. Just, so, just produced a show, mate. He died. I got published. It was like a transition closed of
1: sexual rock energy. Possibly you are the reincarnation well, of Well, my Mark original Feld, name is Mark Wall. AKA. Bolan. Oh, mm. Mick um, Bolan. He suffered from the attack of white powder for some years, but then he made a comeback. And that was just what was happening when this bloody car accident happened. I mean, he was trying to. Oh, he did the TV show. Sorry, you mentioned he it did earlier. the TV show. For I mean, he, he had a comeback. Cu- <laughs> um, <laughs> <wrong one>. Thames. <laughs> Ian will remember.
2: He just doesn't want to remember because <laughs> it brings back horrible memories of Tea it's Time. Quite sinister, isn't he, Ian? He's from the north. Look at him. Yeah. Many planets have a north. So, to get back to Mark, I personally think his death allowed people to say he was on the verge of a big comeback. I don't know if he was, because these days it doesn't matter, because as long as you had a string of hits at some point in uh, the past, it doesn't matter. No one's waiting for new records Mm. by The Stones or Def Leppard. Any band older than 25 years, you know. But in those days you had to have the song so mm. would he make a comeback well if he made another good album definitely but mm. he hadn't made a good album since um, Electric Warrior mm. which was a fantastic album predated Ziggy mm. brilliant album
1: I've never dug into the um, cuts are they
2: worth investigating? Oh, yeah. Electric Warrior start to finish Mambo Sun track one side one mm. how that was never a single I don't know mm. Life's a Gas it
1: sounds like it wasn't short of singles you know True, a, yeah. abundance. Well, him, well in yeah.
2: those days, also, he was really great for releasing singles and not putting them on albums. <laughs> there was an album called The Slider, which yeah. came out when he had all these hits, and they weren't on the album. Yeah, yeah. There'd be a couple on there, you know, and you hit every two or three months. It was like the Beatles, and they used to put records out every couple of months. Yeah, right. And all of them would be
1: amazing, and they'd all be enormous hits. Incredible creative capital. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have this terrible feeling, and I'm jumping ahead, and I won't, but I will, that had he been alive now, we would have seen him touring Mark Boland's T-Rex featuring Mark Boland and knocking out the hits, and he would be bald. Do you know why I say this? I've got in my head Wayne Kramer of the MC5, who are currently touring as the MC50, the only member being Wayne Kramer, and they've assembled the great and the good. Oh. to play with them so you got members of Faith No More Kim Thale from Soundgirl and all this lot it's an incredible band but he's bald looks like a geography teacher It's oh, like yeah. an accountant not like well, a rock star well, and I fear Boland would have been the same well you know he might have been I don't think it would have been featuring
2: and all that business it just would have been Mark Boland and T-Rex you know like mm. Steve Harley and Cockney Rebel or
1: something right. but <laughs> he wasn't insane like some became they weren't insane that's well, why I we love this industry see. so we are as well okay. mate. Yeah. so look we need to talk about this terrible crash his girlfriend he was divorced Gloria. from his wife was his girlfriend was Gloria Jones yeah. who had sung Tainted Love back right. in 64 yeah subsequently went on to be a giant giant hit by Soft Zone so what 81 I think it was the early 80s so. <laughs> Mark Ormond of course he's a great man Boland personified
2: in those days uh, you know the skinny little Jewish boy from London with the amazing charisma
1: and I'm a real Almond fanboy you know that man's awesome you've ever met him He might have met a, a man uh, I like him what is it person yeah it's a person yeah
2: course, mm. I did too. Did you? Uh, uh, what? You
1: did, uh, summon you? his dog. <laughs> you did, didn't you? Come on, come on. I had a good time in Mark. four You so had terrified. a good time. Yeah, I interviewed him. I can't remember. Obviously, ten years ago now. He was terrified of speaking to the press. And he had previously had a terrible motorbike accident, which had rendered him unable to remember things. So his brain was fucked, and um, so he struggled with facts. He struggled to talk to people. He was just struggling as a human being. But it was still great to be with him because that soft sell album was the first record I bought with my own money back in the day when I was twelve. Wow. Yeah, man. What about that for a heartwarming story? So it was great to meet him. Anyway, and actually they've but just did, done that farewell gig, haven't they? Mark Allman. Mark and Mark. Mark. Bonus. Yeah, they're only a Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> so she had sung uh, "Tainted Love," and are you back familiar with?
2: Because obviously you know Mark's version.
1: Go on. It
2: went. Oh, see,
1: keyboard went. Whereas Gloria's was like, now I'm going to kick your ass. It's a sort of a. There are no more different versions of the same song, I think, in existence. But anyway, so she had sung that song. What was she doing over here? She was his backing singer, right? She was his backing singer. If you go on YouTube. Beautiful woman. Absolutely. But if you look at. There's a great
2: clip I saw the other day of them doing some you know midnight special yeah, tv show right, where they play live right. yeah, yeah. and it's this real latter period t-rex and so they've they've got to this state like an overripe apple or a rose right. that's gone past its bloom yeah they say that's when the scent is most overpowering he's Almost deranged and wasted, and he's got Gloria and, and two other black girls, yeah. powerful backing singers, and the band are all doing their best to be like the Stones or something. Yeah, right. right. It's completely live. You can tell because it's such a re- train wreck. Mm, yeah. But there's something really affecting about it. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Whew. Bloody hell. Yeah. So he and Gloria had a son, Roland. Who I think was born in 75.
2: Yeah, now here's the
1: thing. Bowie
2: got a lot from Bolan, but Bolan then got a lot from Bowie, although he didn't use it wisely. Bowie had Zoe Bowie. Yeah. So what did Mark name his boy? Roland Bolan.
1: I mean, come on. Come on. It's an unusual choice, isn't it? Coincidence? I think not. I think not. not. (laughs) Uh, Would you say that um, Bolan was psychologically overshadowed by Bowie looked at him oh, yes. I wish that was me yes. why didn't my career go the way I wanted yes I would I need some coke not that he was northern but you know <laughs> I need some coke I need some coke <laughs> how did he speak do an uh, impression uh, my name's Mark and I need some coke is that really how he spoke absolutely that that's a
2: 100% accurate depiction, <laughs> rendition yeah, rendition yeah, yeah. Of, of Mark no no I, d- I don't know about the <clears> coke <throat> but the Bowie thing for sure oh, yeah and the coke let's be honest
1: was and Coke. What? But, but
2: this is a flip, because Bowie, you know... Yeah. Uh, I was reading an old interview he did in Mojo in 2002, and he was talking about how insanely jealous he was of Mark when T-Rex took off. Right, right. And within three years, it's Mark who's now insanely jealous of Bowie. I'm sure God. Mark... I don't think Bowie would have admitted it then and Mark wouldn't have admitted it then. Had yeah. he lived, I'm sure... Well, I don't, I'm the benefit sure. of maturity. One, maybe, would, maybe. one would hope he'd be cool enough just to say, yeah, yeah, both. The old Peter you. Hook. Peter Hook, Peter, but Peter they, Cook but and uh,
1: Dudley Moore thing. Actually, yes. That popped into that's my That's a mind. really good... Stroke of genius, wasn't it? Absolutely. Best part of the show. I think so. Mm. Well, so I'll say it again. Um, it's a bit like Peter Cook and... I keep saying Peter Hook. It's a bit like Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, isn't it? it, it do you know, I had never thought about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> In that Dudley Moore went massive in Hollywood,
2: whereas Peter Cook, frankly, did not. Here's one thing I hated Boland for, but now I rather like. Hmm. He had a... A minor hit single after his fame had gone called New York City. Mm. And I remember he had a great PR who just had put all these stories in all the tabloids. And and he wrote the song. I remember him saying, I wrote this song. I was sitting in Central Park in New New York. (laughs) And uh, this woman walked by like with a frog in her hand. And I just thought, wow, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's this whole story about it. That's totally amazing. Yeah, that's totally amazing. The song has one (laughs) lyric. The song has one lyric. Yeah, yeah. And it goes like this. Did you ever see a woman in New York City Mm. walking with a frog in her hand? (laughs) And that's the whole fucking song. (laughs) Repeated over and over. Did you ever see a woman in New York City? Ribbit. Ribbit. With a a frog in her hand. It's like, no, I didn't. And it's not like you saw a fucking unicorn, is it? You know, it's not exactly interesting. And you say that this was a minor hit. Well, it got to like number 10 or something. It's a major hit. Not when you're used to number one, baby. All oh, right, okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. That's fair, harsh yeah. but fair. Yeah. All right, so where are we going? So he was in a car crash. He was on... Um, in Barnes. Barnes Common.
1: Apparently, yeah, I, she was... Go on, go on. No, 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 no. Well, I was going to say, Gloria no, 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 no. was driving the Mini. No, no. She, I assume, or I believe it is concluded, lost control of the Mini as they went over a humpback bridge, presumably at a certain speed. Smacked into know. a lamp... A Fence post and thence into a I tree. I can't say about the Humpback Bridge. I've never heard that before. Wikipedia says that.
2: Yeah, not so sure because I've driven past that spot many times. Oh well, they've levelled it since then. <laughs> okay, I think the Humpback Bridge will. Will the jury is out? The friendly. jury's still out. Maybe it's a
1: slight rise.
2: here's his weird <laughs> is exactly two weeks before that. To the night, mm-hmm. Keith Hardwick, who was a great mixing engineer, he'd worked on Diamond Dogs with David Bowie. Okay. And was regarded as a real talented cat Mm. had died in a car crash at the exact same spot exactly two weeks before. Bloody hell. And there was a whole thing at the time saying it was actually one of those hot spots where lots of crashes had happened. Yeah, right. The oak trees were hanging. They didn't give a clear view and... You know.
1: So you could easily lose control if you hit this. Uh, well, that was the, the that
2: was the argument. Yeah, it wasn't like I don't think there was any sense that well they were completely out of their brains and blah blah blah. It was just one of those you know those hot spots you get yeah, where mm, there's there's one where I live. Yeah. Every other year there's flowers there yes, for other kids that around, killed yeah. themselves on that same spot. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it was very unfortunate that uh, it happened when it did. Yeah. I mean, she was driving. I believe. Yeah,
1: she wasn't subsequently. Charged or prosecuted, she wasn't prosecuted, I don't think, but she subsequently took her son and went to live uh, back with her family in America.
2: Well, she certainly paid the price, she lost her husband, <clears> you know. God, yeah, I mean, they were Father married, her they son. were married, I oh, they think were, were they? Yeah. Right, okay, okay,
1: and um, she's still going, I mean, she has a career, I mean, yeah. her life has continued. No. Uh, hmm. bloop, bloop. oh, that's no, not in her version, yeah. probably, yeah. Now, I uh was a mere you know youth at the time, I don't recall this happening at all well the same year as Elvis Presley funny enough we should do a thing on him um, <laughs> what was it like what was the news coverage like oh instead? front page news Yeah,
2: right, right. totally front page news because he had been you know if Jimmy Page had died in that car accident yeah. or Robert Plant there would have been a story of course mm-hmm. but no one really knew unless you're a Zeppelin fan and read the music papers no one knew what they looked like Right. they never did Top of the Pops they never did Whistle Test They didn't do singles. Bolan had 10, 15 golden smashes. You know, they used to say that it was the first instance of true pop mania since the Beatles. He was compared to the Beatles with his fame. And he was ubiquitous. He was on television all the time doing interviews, you know, being on different shows, not just Top of the Pops. And he was an absolute idol. He was the biggest star in Britain. Sort of visually iconic as well. He looked, right. looked angelic, didn't he? He looked fantastic with the yeah. stars on his face. Top and, hat. I mean, all, all that in all the young dudes, you know, ripping off the stars from your face, funky little boat race. You know, <laughs> this is all very Bolan-esque. Mm, secret coded language yeah, between right. the two. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. funky little boat race. You know, that's Cockney, you know, mm. for face. What well, you know. he was Welsh. Indian, probably so. actually. Yeah.
0: Dead Rock Stars. Carpe diem, baby. So, do so a mark. Poor bloke.
1: Yeah. I mean, bloody yeah. hell, 29 yeah. years old. It's I a know. Bloody tragedy. It is a tragedy. You know, he had a son, he had a wife, he had fans. Had he not died, and we'll come to this momentarily, would people. Let's come have, to it now. Why don't we come to it now? How many stars, Mick, would you give the late Mark Feld for his, um, his legacy? His legacy? Yeah, we'll start with that. I think it's do written we on do this piece. Of paper. We don't like do legacies, do we? Um, his influence is another way well, I'd say that. huge. I'd say his influence was huge. And on the glam people around you. You can spot a Bolin influence. Well,
2: no Bolan, no Bowie. No mm. Bowie, mm. no 80s. <laughs> you know, goodbye, Boy George. Goodbye, Duran Duran. Goodbye, Spandau. Goodbye, yeah, Gary yeah. Newman. You know, you have to give Bolan the credit. Joe Demas and flyers. Because he left so early. So for someone like you, I mean, you were just a baby when he was. <laughs> I was a baby kid. in arms. So for you, it's like me saying Eddie Cochran or something, you know, but no, no. trust me, he was enormous. Yeah, Oasis, of course. But then, you know, after Bolan came Slade, mm. came Bowie, came Roxy Music, came mm.
1: Mott the Hoople, mm. came Cockney Rebel. We should really, should we not, Mick, point out the influence of uh, Mark Brennan's oeuvre on the stuff that came in the following decade in the form of hair metal or glam metal. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah.
2: you know, we've said that we're not sure if his own career would have survived that yeah, long, yeah. had he lived. But the fact is, you look at Motley Crue, Rat, yep. that whole era where makeup comes back, yep. curly Isn't corkscrew it? ringlet yeah. hair. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. His image was huge. Look at the oh, the producer pointing at his hair. Top hats. What, he wore a beehive? Oh, no, top hat. yeah. Oh, slash with the
2: top hat. C.C. DeVille also wore a top hat did for it? a while. Yeah, so did Tony slash James slash of Generation X. With a,
1: Jack Bottle Now Tony, Tony James, James of Generation James. X and later of C6 Sputnik I mean that was a great band Totally Told me that he invented the top hat look as a rock and roll accoutrement yeah. Well
2: he needs to go back and check out the Bolan album Slider Wikipedia.
1: Yeah yeah Slider Yeah totally yeah. It's a bit obvious isn't
2: yeah. It? yeah yeah. And before that Frankie Vaughan Come on. We
1: talked a bit Frankie Vaughan That's euphemism At uh, 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 Rhyming We're watching any Frankie Vaughan Here We, girl. we um, need, need to mention the rest To To me We talked a bit about the New Romantics You mentioned them earlier Spandau and the rest of them Do you know I was at an airport the other day And Tony Hadley was there It was quite amusing Here um, The Not Power that Station Not fucking amusing It like you saw a fucking unicorn Was it? <laughs> well, that would have been something
2: That's my new expression
1: um, No I like it We'll have to get t-shirts made With that no, one No
2: but, but seriously I mean The Power Station the, the Power Station did a fantastic Who were the Power Station? Oh Robert Palmer Yeah The two guys from Duran Duran And Tony Thompson on John: Oh chic. And they did a fantastic version of Get oh, It On. Oh, did
1: you like it? I thought it was awful. That oh was no, so anodyne. It. No, no, no. Mm. Compressed. No, 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 no. No, you're
2: okay. That's no, a... no, no, no. Yeah. It was as good as T-Rex is, obviously. Because mm. T-Rex had a really unique sound. Mm. But the power station, in terms of the 80s context, mm. Mm. I mm. thought mm. it was great, you know, that they revived that song. It was a bigger hit in America for them than it was for,
1: for Mark. Do you know, Robert Palmer's vocals as well are great, aren't they, on that song? Yeah. How yeah. a the singer. Actually, Placebo covered. 20th Century Boy with Bowie. I was just saying to Ian, don't
2: forget that uh, Placebo also covered 20th Century Boy with uh, Bowie. With Bowie, that was it. So, I mean, the the whole thing about Mark, it lives on. Seriously, I'd give him five
1: stars for influence in this country, definitely. His star quality would seem to be five out of five. Definitely five. You know, the extravagance of the man. Definitely five. He was like the Liberace of pop. I think he was a good bloke. I don't know. See, this seems to occupy
2: you, this question, whereas I, I it does. doesn't matter to me. I don't care whether they're good
1: blokes. I well, just care whether yeah. they're
2: important and exciting. It's
1: not so much that I worry about it, but I always wonder what it would be like to be stuck in a lift with these people for six hours.
2: What would it be like to be stuck in a lift with anybody for six hours? Well, mostly hours?
1: pretty awful. Fucking awful, yeah. Do, so. You might come away saying, oh, God, go on a man, he was But amazing. it's not his job to be nice to people. Well, no, there is that.
2: All right, Mick. I think you want them all to be lovely blokes. No, I don't. I'm you do. i do them to be evil. No, no. You I like want them all to evilness. be decent fellows. and Decent fellows. Bloody you know, good chaps. Decent fellows <laughs> get decent jobs and lead decent lives. These are fucked up people who sucked <laughs> cock and gave their ass away for fame. And well, and despite that. all that, metaphorically, a lot of us. Well, I think literally. <laughs> yeah, or sign a pact with the devil. I mean, you yeah. know, is Keith Richards a good bloke? Is Bob Dylan a good bloke? He's probably awful to be with. That doesn't stop him being Bob Dylan.
1: You make, you make that point very well. Thank you. Uh, his taste for excess? Five. <laughs> it's hard to argue <laughs> otherwise, isn't it? I think yeah. he smashed the place up every now and then and, you know, chuck TVs up. I don't know about smashed the place up, but I think there was
2: definitely a case of, you know, no one leaves the room till we find Mark's glove. I love that expression. Was it Lemmy who told Lemmy you that? Lemmy said yeah, that. Yeah. I hate people who say that. <laughs> no one leaves the room till we find Keith's
1: glove. <laughs> Like but, but I've been in those rooms like that He said a great thing to me once, which was um, because I write I work for a guitar magazine do when, you whenever you interview these people don't you people, mean a bass guitar I do ma- you have to two bass guitar you, two magazines. of them yeah, yeah, and they must bring, yeah not must that I would daily. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> I, I wouldn't they, fucking know they are uh, Apparently you
2: have to be really exceptional to write for those. You
1: are required to ask the people you interview are what you? brand of strings they endorse, what brand of guitar and so on and so that. on, right? I wouldn't know that. And then normally they say, oh yeah, yeah, I use you know this brand because they're the best in the world and they're amazing and they're paying me loads of money to say this. Lemmy said... I don't really care. I'm not the sort of person who will say, oh, I can't possibly go on stage unless I have my correct <laughs> plectrum, you know, the exact right thickness. And I like that for him because that showed a sort of lack of respect for all the people who are paying him money. Here. Hang def- on, hang on, hang yeah, yeah. on. Hang
2: on. Whoa. Yeah,
1: yeah. Whoa. Hey, hang hang on. on. It showed a lack of respect for all the people that are paying uh, him yeah. money. They paid tons of money to endorse your, their product and he didn't pander to any of that nonsense. Oh. That was what I liked about him. Right, well, but it doesn't matter things. if he uses it, as long as they can say
2: he uses well, yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, No, you're right, you're right. Only you're there with the binoculars going, I say, mm. I don't think mm. he's quite using mm. the Pantheon 3 on the <laughs> plectrum there. I think I shall report him
1: to the sponsors. A purist like Lemmy, I'm shocked. How yeah. frankly, i object. Death is a career move. <sighs> this is always a horrible question, isn't it? But mm. I think... The it, producer it dreamt it up, he's evil. Look at him. Having lived
2: through those years... It's very tempting to say that death preserved his legacy mm. because he wasn't... The path he was on musically at that point was a dead end and had been for a long time. And it's hard to mm. see how he might have broken out of that. So the 80s were coming with all that shitty production. How were his songs going to stand up? I, I don't oh, think yeah. it's that. I, I think his songs stood up brilliantly in the 80s. You know, 20th Century Boy was no, a fantastic TV Sorry, I mean, what if
1: he'd written new music in the 80s and it had been produced by the standards of the day might have been hard to digest I don't think that's the point
2: you know there were still great songs written in the 80s Mm. was Boland going to write any more great songs for me he hadn't written any great songs for five years before he died Mm. so I don't think it was anything to do with the 80s or anything like that I think it was just a case of he'd shot his bolt and I think (laughs) he needed to go away and load it again and come back with something different and forget about being on the charts. What do you have done though? What do you have done? Well, that's the thing. I don't, well, you know, Bowie, clearly, yes. Boland, I don't know. I mean, you look at Roxy Music, they had a second life in the 80s.
1: Right, what an example. They shed their skin, yeah. They did. Stevie Winwood. i um, not saying the I, I th- stuff he did in the 80s was as good. No, but I, I, Roxy, I think, is stuff, a better example it is, because, because yeah. they were
2: contemporaries of Boland. And they had the glam thing going on. They came two years after Bolin with their first hit, but it was clearly the same overlap audience. Mm, of course. And they made their last album of the 70s in about 75. Mm. And suddenly by 79, they were back. And whereas you had Paul Thompson on the drums in the 70s, you had a real rock band with Manzanera really rocking out, yeah. Mackay on the saxophone. By the time you get to 79, 80, you've got this real kind of synthesis of yeah, sound, yeah. like a gossamer distillation yes. of what they used to be. Yeah, yeah. But with different drums and bass and. Making bubbling. mysterious
1: hand movements here, I'm loving That's good. <laughs> we should make this a video uh, cast.
2: And Brian Ferry's <laughs> wonderful voice and song. So theoretically, Boland, yeah, Boland, absolutely. Mm. But would he? I don't know. For, for, all, all I can tell you is that the yeah. time he died, his creativity had
1: completely stagnated. So we can't say, oh man, he was clearly at the start of a huge no, role. We can't, no, can we? No. no. I um, mean, when you've got so a doing
2: yourself up for a TV show and dragging the damned on your tour to try and seem relevant. That was my opening point for that reason. I mean, Ozzy made a career out of that in the 80s. You know, mm. Motley Crue before they got big, open for Ozzy. Metallica before they got big, open for Ozzy. Marilyn yeah. Manson the same. Yeah. Corn the same. Mm. You know, it, it, there's a skill to that. And it's a showbiz tradition. There's nothing wrong with that. Poison went on the David Lee Roth tour just as they were becoming big, you know, <laughs> and completely blew him off, believe it or not. Dear old Lee Guns Roth. and Roses opening for Iron Maiden. Mm. You know, there's a whole tradition of that. But the fact is, that's where he was at. He mm. was being propped up. And maybe if he'd been smart like Freddie Mercury or Brian Ferry yeah. or whoever,
1: he'd have made it. But he hadn't shown any signs of that. God damn, Mick. You know... As always, I, I really appreciate you coming on to help. You do a great job on that podcast. <laughs> so Mick, Mick Wall, for God's sake, how do we get from Mark Bowden to our next dead rock star? Well, one was a fat fuck, and the other one was a fat fuck <laughs> at the time they both died. Which was the same year. Which was the same year. Coincidence? I think, I think not. not. They were both carrying a bit of back fat, would you say? Now, the other thing that's interesting about them is that one of them sang "Ride a White Swan," the other one rode a White Throne. (laughs) Hey, one uh, got it on, the other one fell Mm. off. One was engaged to Priscilla, the other one wasn't. Does that make sense? One went like this, Ah! (laughs) one went like this. I think that's enough of a clue, don't you? I think that'll do it. All right, everyone. This has been another fantastic 7 Digital production. Many, many thanks to our fragrant production company and their equally fragrant producer, Ian Callahan. And uh, that's it, really, isn't it, Ian? you got anything else to say about. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen